conversation with Trans Smith. A conversation with a conversation with Trans Smith. A conversation with Okay, born in Tumaco, Colombia and raised in Queens, New York, a mixed media artist who began cultivating his artistic skills by delving into the world of graffiti, hip hop, fashion, music, social and political issues. Welcome my special guest today to the show, Rich Bravo. Hey you. Hey. <laughs> What's going on? You know what? I want to start I want to start from the beginning cuz this I this is one thing I don't know about you. Your childhood. Mm-hmm. Now you were born in Colombia. How long yeah. were you there in Colombia well, for I, until it, you came to Queens? Well, it's like it's like a thing like where most people want to and I want to just say first of all before we get started that I'm so mm-hmm. so happy for you to be able to do this for yourself and and I think <laughs> that there'd be nobody more perfect to be able to speak to people, you know. Um, oh, thanks, man. Uh, I'm, that, I'm having fun. I'm having oh, no, fun. No, 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 no. I, I believe so. That's <laughs> the reason I came here. And so uh-huh. that being said, going back to the original question, um, uh-huh. we were we were still part of a group of people that used to say, hey, we're going to go to America, grab money, and come back right. and live in our country, living well off the money that we made in Colombia. That was the thought process of the, I want to say, 60s, 70s, 80s. Hispanics mm-hmm. that are coming. That's why you'll always hear about Colombians and Dominicans and people having homes that they've had built in their country while they lived in America so they can retire in their country. Right. So when we came here, I was very young. First time I came here, it's two times that I came here. First time I came here, I was a little tiny baby. Like, let's say I was just months born, right? Uh, whatever, okay. whatever, whatever, whatever level of amount of travel that allowed for a baby at the time. That was what I was, right? So I came down okay. here. My father started working. And then we, let's say I got to be five years old, right? Okay. At five years old, they ship you back to Colombia because they're thinking they're going back. So now I start oh, going okay. to school in Colombia. Really awkward because mm-hmm. I'm so... At this point, I'm so Americanized at five years old, believe it or not, that it's a shell shock just to, culture shock just to be like in Colombia and going through the moves as Colombians do, you know? Right. Some of the, right, stuff, right. Some of the stuff is a little bit weird. Some of the stuff is a little bit cool. Um, mm-hmm. But that, in the end, doesn't work out. We end up staying in America because my parents, again, like the United States and what it stands for. And, mm-hmm. and 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 uh, the the opportunity that's what really it stands for opportunity. I wouldn't say everything it stands for, but for opportunity. So, right, uh, we get sent back, right? And now I'm back at five mm-hmm. years old, and now I don't leave again. And now it's about becoming, you know, Americans and trying to live in this country and 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 survive, you know. Right. Do you have family still there? Or yeah, no? yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's always put mm-hmm. it this way: it would be imagining that you, uh, your un- uh your grandfather. No, not even. Mm-hmm. Not even. Not even. Your dad and his brothers came right. came from another country to America to establish something. And can you just imagine your grandparents and all your aunts, the the countless amount of people from whatever the country you are. So there's always people in Colombia. So so many of them that you don't have a connection with all of them. You'll just hear that something happened to somebody and you're like, wow, you know? And they're like, yep, that was your, that's your aunt connected through, you know? But um, the transition to come to this country and being American and learning English and, still trying to sustain being Hispanic without, because at the, mm-hmm. you know, at the time it was like, you know, you got to really whitewash yourself was the thought process, you know, yeah. you, know, get rid, you know, get rid of your accent, things like that. Right. So where, where did art come in for you? Was it, was it always that passion always uh, there for you when you were a kid or did it just kind of evolve? Well, you know, I mean, we were all uh, latchkey kids, right? So it's basically, yeah. you know, you get home, you got nothing to do. You know, you do, you say, you say <laughs> you're going to do your homework, but whatever. Right. And uh-huh. so for me and my brothers, it was like doodling, right? It was just really like doodling right. at first. 
And it was like, we don't have a lot of toys. We okay. don't have a lot of stuff, right? We're not. Uh-huh. We're, we're living in the city, man. We're living in a brick building with a bunch of yeah. people in the PJs and, you know, yeah, we're like, Queen. like in Queens mm-hmm. and we're living in this story. So it's kind of like we don't have a lot of stuff as kids, but uh-huh. we do have talent in a sense to dr- start to doodle and draw. My yeah, and that's the thing. you and your brother yeah, all yeah, are yeah. incredible. <laughs> that's that's rare. That is rare. Right. And so Was, and so the the wild part about that is that we are very close as brothers, but very mm-hmm. very close as brothers, but very competitive at the same time. <laughs> and so and and I don't want to use the word competition is so weird because it's like I would never wish anything on my brothers my brothers would never wish anything on me but uh, but right. it was like trying to keep up with them right so, now how is it are you the yeah, youngest yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the youngest you're boy. the youngest right my other two brothers right. are older but when you met me I yeah, was in yeah. college already my brothers were older than me <laughs> and I was getting them into school yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the, I was just thinking about the other day. The last time I saw you was a couple few years ago in, in the Bronx when you had your exhibit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I actually purchased a print, the one that you did, uh, Judge Thy Brother. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. I'm having them on my wall right here. <laughs> <laughs> but the first time I had seen your your uh, art up close since you know we were in college, yeah. and I, I was just so what I'm so taken about by your your art is that you look at it and it it really jumps at you and you look at the you look at the work of it and you you know look at the style of it then you see I what for me I hear the music coming from it <laughs> I see the fashion in mm. it and I see the politics yeah, in it yeah. and what and then when I then fast then you know we'll go back even further when we first met at uh, mm-hmm. FIT while you were going to school there. Um, did you feel by that time? I mean, Rich, when I knew you then, you were incredible, incredible, incredible artist. Mm-hmm. Did school? I, you know, I talk to a lot of artists that sometimes they say school stifles them mm-hmm. or they don't. Did, did that do well, it for you? Well, let me put it this way. Just to go back to the original question about art and what it influenced on me or what have you. Uh-huh. Once uh-huh. once we got into hanging out in the street, hanging out in the street uh-huh. was too much. You either have, you had, you had certain people that you had to be and you better fall into one of these categories or else you're left out. And when you're, and when you're right. left out, you either left alone or you become uh-huh. a victim, one or the other. That's the way it was where, where I was raised. Right. And so you had to ask yourself, what are you going to do? Are you going to deal drugs? Are you going to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, are you going to deal drugs? Are you going to do other things within the underworld? Or are you going to do, you know, the typical dancing and graffiti, you know? Right. And within the idea of doing the graffiti, are you going to go to the extreme? Are you going to be illegal? Are you going to go hard? Are you, or are you going to, just mess around with it and be like almost in the way right? for the, for the real people that do their thing. So you have to make some decisions here. And uh-huh. all of them end with being in trouble, right? Yeah. Graffiti is going to get you in trouble or whatever. But, and you're thinking you're picking the lesser of two evils, right? Like, right, right. I'm not going to deal drugs. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do anything with women and messing with women and, and pimping or doing anything stupid. But... Right. It's this graffiti stuff. I mean, what could happen? I mean, so, <laughs> so you get into it and it becomes a way of life and it becomes your, your outlet. And I think that that's where it begins for me, like to say that I have an outlet, right? So in the beginning, you're a little kid and I'm drawing these drawings, trying to mm-hmm. keep myself busy. Mm-hmm. Then you start going into like, into this graffiti thing and then, there's, you know, you wanting to develop your style and becoming somebody in this world and, and having somebody recognize and having somebody say something like, yeah, I saw your piece at whatever, wow, you know. Mm-hmm. And you're getting like all this recognition and then within that world is groups of people that get together, almost like convention style, ghetto style conventions, right. graffiti and stuff. And you just want to be seen and recognized. Right. But what started to happen was, even if you're doing your thing, 
You know, how long does your peace literally last? I mean, yeah. how, how far will it go? If it, it can't be on the worst. See, what starts to happen, it gets competitive and you have to put up pieces in places where people wouldn't expect. That means right. that they're not going to last long. So it's, it's just a really defeating artistic chase that, 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 that you know, you, you better get a picture of it because it's not going to mm-hmm. be there for long. And then right. when the, 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 the city changed the alloy on the trains so that it wouldn't right. adhere to spray paint, then it was over. Right. So what do you do then? You got nothing. You're like, well, now what, what do I do with my artistic thing now? I have no graffiti. Uh-huh. The, pe- the penalties are through the roof. Parents yeah. are getting arrested for their kids' stuff. Yeah. And so you can't go down that road no more. What do you do? Mm-hmm. So now I was, got kicked out of high school uh-huh. and um, had to go to school in the suburbs. What oh. I did that was for the last two, a year and a half of my, let's say the, the last of the 11th grade and all of 12, 12, right? Mm-hmm. And so, because I got kicked out mid-11th, right? Okay. So now I get to the school and then this is really like why I love art. Art transcends everything. Yeah. It does, really does. It really does. Yeah. Like, you know, everybody wants to talk right now about, you know, you, you, it is very true that I've seen racism and, and felt it and everything. I'm not, we're going to get there when it comes to the art world and all of that. But uh-huh. here I am in a high school. I'm getting ready to start becoming a printer, working on printing machines because that's what my dad did. And I thought that's what I'm supposed to do. So like uh-huh. a, co- a kid, kid going to become a cop or a soldier because his dad was or whatever. Right. And I'm playing it safe. I'm like, my dad likes me doing this. He's happy to see me doing the same thing he's doing. Right. And it was it was so miserable for me. I was just like, ah. Yeah. I was like, this sucks. I don't want to do this, but I'm going to do it. And then what happened was the space shuttle exploded. The mm. cha- It was it the Challenger? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And at the time, that was like a baby 9-11 to us because we were sitting yeah. in class and they had brought the TV into the classroom. And you right. watched this and you watched it and watched it and you're like, wow, did that just happened right in front of us? You know what? I'm to stop you right there. You know, my brother worked at the aerospace plant of that same year that it. No um, mm-hmm. I don't think That's you ever knew. Crazy. That. No, I didn't. Know. I did not know that. So, so I drew the newspaper evening paper had a picture of the explosion in the so in the uh, astronauts themselves, and mm-hmm. so I started to draw that that night. Brought it to my English class and continued to draw it. My English teacher took it from me and said that it's not an art class. That was on a mm. Friday. Come Monday, I walk into the school and everybody's just starting to like weirdly congratulate me for something that I don't have a finger on exactly what it is, right? Mm-hmm. And a trophy case for a high school is like something that is almost like a Catholic, you know, you can't <laughs> touch it, you know, it'll be like <laughs> riots if you touch this, this, this trophy case. <laughs> well, they had cleared it out and put my drawing in there, like a thousand copies of it, like of this. Oh, wow. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the really weirdest first time I ever saw my work where it was not in the street, where it was not in trouble, where it was right. everybody, everybody actually seen the depth of the, how much work I put into it or whatever. Uh-huh. And then the teacher telling me, and this is a black teacher named Mr. Howard. Mm-hmm. And then and I know you, you know, these people stay on my mind because they really had a huge impact. Like you can you can pull 20 people off the street, say, name all your teachers from uh, you know. These <laughs> right. people, these people had an impact on me. So this guy, Mr. Yeah. Howard, he had an impact on me because he took me, he took my drawing away. He did that. He did that. He forced me almost to come out of the closet as an artist. Right. Right? Because he exposed uh-huh. me to everybody at that point. And I was like, oh, wow. All right. Now I got to really like stand by this. Then he said, hey, my classroom's not an art class, but I can introduce you to two guys in the other building. The other building was two schools that are separated. And people, it was a rivalry, you know? Uh-huh. And they're like, yo, you're going to go to the other building? I'm like, no, you don't understand. I'm trying to stay out of trouble. Uh-huh. The other building goes, this is the other building for artists and stuff. If you're coming over here with all that stuff, you're never going to get anywhere. And I was like, right. nah, I'm not coming with anything. I just don't want problems. And like, it's an art class. There's never problems <laughs> in an art class. So they take me there and I start the evolution of changing myself. And I had to, I had to 
stop being so hard rock. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to take down the shell of thinking that all white people are like the devil. Right. And start to kind of like leave myself to a little more vulnerability around them mm-hmm. as they as they try to get me to understand the transformation that needs to happen in order for me to be able to delve into going into a university, into being seen as somebody who deserves a shot, a chance. And all this stuff has to change. If I don't change, it's not going to happen. Right. So at the beginning, I didn't really want to. I just wanted my artwork to speak for myself, for, you know? Yeah. But there was a lot to learn because I needed to take myself to another level. Mm-hmm. And I knew I wasn't there because I was just doing graffiti stuff. Okay. And so, you know, these teachers transformed my life. That along, and I'm not going to not say this, that along with my faith, mm-hmm. my faith at the time was being mm-hmm. tested heavy. Because mm-hmm. if, I didn't, if I didn't have, you know, something to lean on, I just kept begging just to, to, to have a moment. I need, I need something. Give me mm-hmm. something. Like, almost like if somebody was praying for talent. Yeah. Right? I'm like, yeah. no, give me something. Give me something that I can use because I can't propel myself. I didn't think I was smart, you know? I, I uh-huh. thought I was funny and witty, uh-huh. but I didn't couldn't do anything with that as far as I was concerned. I wasn't gonna go down to be a comedian or nothing. I was like, I wanted to do something, but you know, I just didn't know what. And so they, yeah, but you know, you yeah. you know, you have a lot of comic in you. No, no, listen, listen, listen. I'm not saying that now. I'm not saying that if somebody, you put it this way, if somebody at the time would have wrangled me in the uh, right direction, I could have right. easily did that. You know that. Right, easy, right. And so, but now the thing is, it, they wrangled me in the direction of the of, of Fashion Institute, Parsons, right. Parsons, mm-hmm. um, Pratt. Uh-huh. So they had me hustled to all these schools. These these two white okay. men. Okay. My father uh-huh. was an alcoholic, and he would not. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't take me, you know. Right, right. He was too washed, and my mom mm-hmm. was a very, very abusive. I, you okay. know, I suffered a lot through that because there was no real, uh, in Spanish it's called mm-hmm. apoyo, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, in English that would be the equivalent of, 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 of hope and potential for a child, for you to give them hope and potential and, and, yeah. and, 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 and help, help them hit high notes with whatever talents they have right. so they can strive and push forward. There was nobody doing that for me, you know, there mm-hmm. was nobody saying, wait a minute, man, you know. You're pretty smart or you're funny, you know, mm-hmm. or, hey, man, you know, if you keep talking like that, you know how to argue. You should be a lawyer. It's nothing. Imagine a void of all of that, right? Yeah. Which I know, yeah. I know you can imagine. We're all, we're all from no. the same place. Yes, we are. There's, there's, no, there's no father coming home like, <laughs> like, nah. Hey, I, hey, hey, hang on a second, because as soon as I get these shoes off, I want to hear all about your day. That never happened. That never happened. Only on TV. Now, now, only on TV. That's why I was literally raised by television. Okay. Now, go back to me not knowing any English. Okay. And then putting me in front of this TV because it's a thing, right? And I would boob too. Mm-hmm. They're like, hey, you know, you could plop the kid right in front of it. You don't have to worry. And they right. watch TV until their heads fall off, right? That's the <laughs> so, so it really became a thing for me. Like, am I going to continue to watch these Spanish channel things uh-huh. and have zero to connect with with these fucking kids in the street or at school, uh-huh. or am I or am I going to learn to watch these other fucking shows and learn this English thing and right. nail it right. and really learn? So was instead of watching like you to learn shows, English? Go ahead. Huh? was it easy for you to learn English? Check it. Like at first it, it wasn't because you just you're just afraid. Okay. You're afraid to sound stupid. Stupid, yeah, yeah. You know, there's a lot of that. It's almost like Yeah, it's like me and my Spanish. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know because you know what? And if I may speak freely, you you (laughs) date a lot of Spanish people. You will be a lot of Spanish people. So so you knew that you were gonna figure yourself out. Just like just like you know just like you know me. Yeah, I'm gonna have to figure out these American women and I'm gonna have to learn. So (laughs) 
in, in learning, in the, and I think that this is where I'll put out, um, what do you call it, a public service announcement for uh-huh. public television, uh-huh. public radio. Please give mm-hmm. to your public radio, to your local colleges that, that put on local shows and, and television mm-hmm. because it's because of PBS that I learned English, right? And so, okay. you know, ele- uh, the electric company, okay. back when Morgan Freeman was on there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, Sesame Street, right? And right, so right. You're, you're getting your cut at cat, right? You're learning your stuff, right? <laughs> but, right. But when it really clicked for me, and I guess this is where my sense of humor and people thinking I can be a comedian and things is I really started to fall in love with American satire, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and, and starting to look at shows that weren't really for a kid my age, right? Right. So I'm watching Barney Miller. Oh, all man. All, you know what? I was watching in- Barney Miller last week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching All in the Family. Uh-huh. You know, I'm watching Maud. Okay. I'm watching, and this is going to date me really hard, but I'm watching Mary Hartman. Mary Hartman, <laughs> Mary Hartman. Yeah. I'm watching, yeah. I'm watching like Eight is Enough. And, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, so I'm, I'm digging into all this uh, witty satire, American comedy, mm-hmm. you know, snide remarks and uh, sarcasm. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh-huh. And, and I'm learning how to do it. And you know, that within the circle of people that we run with, that I had a sharp tongue. And yeah. I could really get at somebody with the dozens to the point where it's like, oh, a, yeah. Feels like a building's coming down on you. But, <laughs> um, and that's all coming from watching these, you know, watching uh, the Jeffersons and, 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 not, and seeing past, let's say, George Jefferson's dancing and laughing, right? Right. Seeing past <laughs> that to see that the episode's actually about racism. Yeah. You know, and, and starting to start to build these shows mm-hmm. started to build my 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 Malcolm in me. Okay. Yeah. Started to mm-hmm. see these things and see these amazing shows that were showing all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like everybody would be like, Why would you watch this racist uh Archie Bunker? I said, No, because Archie Bunker wasn't racist. Archie Bunker was ignorant. He needed to be taught things. And, and right. as that show kept going, he became more of a sponge and absorbing things yeah. where he was unfamiliar with. But he was mm-hmm. never in the beginning of the show ever did that show start with him saying, oh, there's too many ends moving in. You know, right. I, it was always right. like, hey, you know, this is happening. And he's like, right. oh, I didn't even know that stuff happened. Are you a fucking boy? Right. It's happening right around you? Well, you jeez, I don't look around. Exactly. I stay in my that path. Show, I go to work. I come this home. show is so ahead of its time. Right. And I'm like, yeah. yo, they're over there talking to Edith about her cousin who's a transvestite. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, snap. You know, this is, you know. And my parents have zero idea of what I'm looking at. <laughs> and, and, and I'm laughing and they're like, why does he laugh? I wonder how he's right, right. saying it. I'm like, yo, I'm learning this English shit fast. And so, <laughs> so fast forward, I get to yeah. through the school thing. I actually got accepted uh-huh. to four different universities, which at the end really? of the day, listen, at the end of the day, uh-huh. uh, you know, a guy who wasn't supposed to do nothing, who was in trouble, I was in trouble. Yeah, you know, and 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 to depths where most people would probably say, "Hey, I'm in so much trouble, I might as well just be trouble for the rest of okay. my life." You know, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I didn't. Yeah, know, yeah. The kind of trouble I was in was forced trouble, peer pressure trouble. Okay. that you had to roll okay. with or get beat down, be about it, or, or get or, or get done by it. You know, right. And so right, at the end right. of the day, when I got pulled away from it, which I know you can't helicopter every ghetto child to to the suburbs to get an experience. But yeah. I do want to say rest in peace to my Uncle Henry and my, my Aunt Libya who, who, who took me in in, mm-hmm. in in a weird way where like my mom was ready to turn me in and my father okay. wasn't trying to see that happen. So these people took me in. And what they thought mm-hmm. was going to be like this man, military guy probably doing some stuff to me to make me break me or whatever. This right, guy just right. talked to me, man. Yeah. And that's when I learned how to talk to people was by watching this man talk to me. That allowed me okay. to learn the power of the word, right? Because mm-hmm. I wasn't mm-hmm. getting hit. 
I wasn't getting abused. I wasn't, I wasn't being like mm-hmm. manipulated mentally, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, he he, it's because of him that I strive to to be to actually strive. Remember, there was no hope. I was like, fuck it. And right. because of him and my aunt, my aunt put me on to God, and mm-hmm. Uncle Henry put me on to being a man, and and, mm-hmm. and doing self inventory and looking at myself and seeing my value. You know, yeah. there's not too many people that come along in people's lives and can tell them. No, you and you're lucky. Look at you see all those angels that came after you, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're very fortunate. Yeah, and believe me, believe me. Uh-huh. I thank the Lord, and 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 and, and, uh-huh. and that, believe me, every day I'm like, yo, I would never even have the level of talent that I have if it wasn't uh-huh. for these people taking a chance with me. And the same thing uh-huh. with these teachers taking a chance with me, and me taking a chance with myself. You know, mm-hmm. going to the school itself was a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Going to FIT yeah. was a nightmare. Because why was it why was it a nightmare for you? Because my when I got accepted, it was like the greatest thing in the world because they had a dorm. Okay. Room. See, I was stuck between the okay. schools. I was gonna pick a school. And yeah. Pratt or Parsons or whatever. And uh-huh. I was like, ah, and then when I heard about these dorms, I was like, oh, but I wish I could get in. And uh-huh. God was just rolling with me because I ended up getting a letter saying that I got in and I got into the dorms and I was like, holy macro, right? And this is all right. off my art. and got nothing to do with money because I ain't got no money to pay for that. Right. right. So everything right. that the teacher said was going to happen, happened. I'm, you okay. know, but now I'm broke and getting ready to go to school and I'm scared. I'm thinking I'm out of place because okay. I've seen the pictures and stuff. And I, mm-hmm. and I went up there to go take the test, and it looked all so ritzy and shit. I was just like, yo, I don't fit into this shit. And I'm right, going to stick right. out like a sore thumb, you know. It's going to suck. This uh-huh. is really going to suck. And so you figure, you know, you, you're you going to have your mom and your dad rolling down the highway with you with all your shit in the car. And your dad's like, right. I put an extra 20 inside the Bible for you, son. <laughs> None of that was happening. None of that happened. None of right. that happened. There was no twenty. There was right. no Bible. I literally stole a frying pan and took, uh-huh. took uh, this chest that my mother had and filled it with shit. And she uh-huh. wouldn't drive me. And my father was drunk and he wouldn't take me. And I was just like, "Yo, I'm fucked, right?" So I right. jumped on the Long Island Railroad with my friend, uh-huh. Seen Jordan. And we ride into uh-huh. Manhattan, and now I'm tired of carrying my bag, and I'm just dragging it. And I'm just dragging mm-hmm. this metal chest, walking down the street, looking mm-hmm. like the, looking like the the movie The Jerk. I got a frying, <laughs> frying pan. I got a frying mm-hmm. pan. I got <laughs> I got my chest. I'm dragging that shit. And this right. is really really gonna fuck your head up. I'm pushing towards the school. And you can hear my bag in that fucking canyon of a, of a, of a, of a, of a campus. You hear that shit going? <laughs> and I'm like, ooh, it's a little loud. I'm like, wait a minute, let me try to see if I. <laughs> oh my god, oh my god. Maybe I should just get the fuck out of here. I kept telling my friend scene. I was like, yo, I gotta get out of here. This is not for me, bro. Look at me. Look at these yeah. people. They're all pulling up in Jaguars and Benzes. <laughs> So, I know, right? All the, all, the, all the hatchbacks are opening, and kids, 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 kids are pushing their mother's faces away. Like, mom, stop! My mother's nowhere around. I wish that fucking lady was around to give me a kiss and throw some fucking deodorant at me. No, I'm right. like, yo, look at all this shit. I can't. I'm not. I'm not. And I swear to you on everything. Right when I was gonna say, "Fuck it, let's go back to Long Island," uh-huh. I hear a voice of a man, and he says, "Hello." My name is Dr. David Hatch, and uh, <laughs> I am here because you are a minority student, and I'm here to greet all minority students. Please come this way. I will help you with your bags and everything. Right? So this, this guy gets me into the school, and he pushes me in. Now in my dorm room, I'm sitting in my dorm room. I'm like, yo, what the fuck was this, man? Who the hell was that? And so the next let so let's say I go to sleep that night with my eyes open. Let me stop right there so I can tell my listeners who David oh, is. Right. Okay. Everyone know uh, David Hatch is the glue that kept that how we all met each other. Even when I first went to FIT, David was the first person to come over to me <laughs> to introduce himself. And so he was like the mayor right, of FIT. Right, right, right. But anyway, <laughs> so, so, so I go to sleep that night with my eyes open because I just can't believe it. I keep thinking somebody's going to open the door and tell me I got to bounce. 
because I didn't, I didn't really get into the school or some shit, you know? Uh-huh. The next day I wake up and I see him and I'm like, Dr. Hatch, Dr. Hatch. And he's not answering. Uh-huh. I run up on him. I'm like, Dr. Hatch. And he goes, I'm not a doctor, motherfucker. It's just not enough black people up here. And if you leave, there'll be less. So you got to stay. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a doctor. Don't say that shit to you. But, you know, I need you to stick around. And I'm like, what? The fuck out of here for real? You did all that shit just to make me stick around because I'm fucking uh, a, a, a minority just like you. He's like, hell yeah, hell yeah, we need you up here. It's not, believe me. It looks like a lot because the school's on, but when these people leave it, it's just the dorms. Not a lot of us here. Yep. And I was like, all right, mm-hmm. I get it, right? And so, yep. you know, you know most from there because we just start delving into a life together. We all start meeting together. Yep. And yeah, we're all, and all of us were all so different. But we all pulled for each yeah, other. Yeah, it was it was like the X Men. It was like the X Men. It was like Storm, Cyclops, but everybody was pulling yeah. together. But and, and the thing is, and that's what I liked about it. It was a very competitive uh-huh. school, but we never competed against each other because we were all in different nope. areas. We were in different areas, uh-huh. you know. I was doing fashion, but I was also doing my acting and everything on the side. Mm-hmm. And there was just everyone, you know, Sabrina and yeah. you know everybody else, Michael. different, you know. Yeah. yeah, Michael, Nina. Yeah. So, yeah. so actually, you know, go ahead. gonna be on the podcast soon. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, crazy. yeah. So, so you look yeah. at those times in school, and a lot of people were like, "Yo, you're already so gifted." You know, what right, are you doing right. in college? What the hell's the point? You know. Mm-hmm. And I don't know now how it is. Now I no, excuse me, I should take that back. Now I know how it is. Back then, I didn't know how it was, and I figured, you right. know what? I wouldn't go to a gunfight with 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 a hammer, gotcha. and I'm not about to hit the street uh-huh. without a degree so that these white people could tell me that that's the reason I don't get the job. Okay. So it was less thinking gotcha. to myself, less about what the school's gonna do for me, but just walking away with the degree and knowing that I have this piece of art- artillery that I can pull out mm-hmm. if somebody tries to deny me my my God given right to get a job, you know. Yeah. So what did you do after FIT? What, um, well, what, how was it going into the world? In the beginning, you know, and this is about evolution of, of technology, mm-hmm. time, and mm-hmm. yourself. It's just these things fight themselves mm-hmm. when you're in something creative like art. So when I first went in, I wanted to be a fashion illustrator, okay. which everybody thought I was going to be gay or I am gay because I was <laughs> leaning toward that and not toward fantasy art or mm-hmm. you know whatever else you know uh, graphic art or whatever that i really wanted to get into fashion really 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 bad you know mm-hmm. and i just really really loved the idea of drawing because i used to look at these the, remember this is when i say technology and changes the mm-hmm. newspaper used to be flooded with artwork yeah, because they didn't have no fucking computers. Nah, no. So you know, you used to see people drawing everything from somebody putting eggs in in a refrigerator to a woman yep. with a new with a new uh, uh, dress from Macy's. You know, yeah. And and so for me, I was very very like into that. I was like, I, I got to mm-hmm. be in the newspaper at some point. Something's got to happen for me. I got to get down. I got to be in a magazine. Right. I want to be able to do fashion art, man. That's my, sh- you know. Mm-hmm. So now when I get into the school and then I also see fine art and, and, and conceptual art and thinking, I'm like, man, you know, fashion's cool, but I also want to be revolutionary, you know? You know, mm-hmm. I'm starting to see how this stuff affects me and my thinking and my artwork. Mm-hmm. And I want to start to really push the envelope with my artwork so that I don't leave this world just making money. Right. And mm-hmm. so that was the evolution of college. Like, it, mm-hmm. you know, if I think that if I would have been in a school where I was surrounded with just people who were just talking about art, then I, w- mm-hmm. I would just be one of those turtleneck, you know, upper, upper <laughs> nose motherfuckers with the art world, right? Yeah. But the dope part is that I was around one, you know, hip hop was just really ramping up. Yeah. Music was ramping up, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything from Public Enemy to Rhythm Nation. I mean, if you look at those mm-hmm. two those two, two projects, 
Mm-hmm. You wouldn't even catch uh, Jan- Janet Jackson and Public Enemy on the same stage, it seems. But, <laughs> right, but, right. but for her to take on a militant stand at the same time that something mm-hmm. as powerful as Public Enemy. And now I'm in college. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm thinking I have to whitewash when I get into school. Okay. So I'm like hanging out with all these white people and taking on mm-hmm. and starting to trying to get their habits and shit to look like, you know, blend in. Mm-hmm. And here are these black people telling me, yo, better join the soul club or you're fucking selling out. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm all about that shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so, you know, it, it did draw. I, I felt the divide weirdly enough in college after I made that decision. Because right, the original right. white people that I met when I first walked through the school, now they were looking uh-huh. at me sideways because I was in the Soul Club. All right, you know, and right. like, yo, well, why you got to join the Soul Club? Why don't you just be in a club? Like, what does it got to be all about soul? I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, there's not a lot of soul around, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so, exactly. You know, at the end of the day, you know, I, I know what it is to have nothing and have an opportunity. I'm like, yo. What is it that we do? And then I started seeing what we do going up to, you know, burn units in Harlem and turning mm-hmm. with kids and shit and just being around like, you know, powerful black women. Right. And powerful black men and powerful gay men and mm-hmm. gay women. Mm-hmm. That was a whole other facet, right? I had to, I, lo- I lost mm-hmm. a lot of friends for going to art school. People that were okay. homophobic, that wanted mm-hmm. to come up and visit me would always act too ignorant for me to allow them to stay mm-hmm. you know I, I i fell in love with you fell in love with dave yep. so many gay people in my life that if i even saw somebody talking you know how you know how i got down back then I yeah would, you're very protective yeah, i would lay somebody out right yeah and, yeah you're very and protective. And so a, lot, a lot of people <laughs> would think that i was gonna be gay and it was, i had to go through a mm-hmm. lot of stuff with that too you know what i'm saying yeah, and then mm-hmm. even people at the school who were gay, who were just rolling the dice for the day that I turned out, you know. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you. You're a good-looking man, so, so. Well, I appreciate you. I mean, back then, back then, back then, I'll always say back then, right? So, so I was like, yo, man, how am I gonna navigate through this school, you know? And then and that was the beautiful part about it is that, you know, you can be in a school with a bunch of women, but you can't fuck everybody. You gotta mm-hmm. make some friends. And the, same, and, the same, <laughs> and the same thing was the, the lessons learned for being gay, uh, for people right. that were gay, and then me hanging out with people that are gay and making sure that I understand right. and stuff, in a sense, right? In a sense, in a sense. <laughs> right, right. You, guys, right. you guys were like, not the average, right? So I'm going no. to tell you, I was in school, and I'm, I'm hanging out with Eric, and, and we're uh-huh. becoming like mad cool, mad cool. He's becoming like a brother to me. We're hanging out. And mm-hmm. he keeps, I used to have this stick under my bed that I used to just be there. And, uh-huh. you know, I used to keep it there for problems. And he used to, Eric used to be like, what problem are you going to have in this fucking uh-huh. school? Give me a break. You should get rid of that thing. You know, that, that, that's, that's not cool. You know, nobody wants to walk in right. and see some shit like that. And I'm like, man, this dude doesn't get it, you know? And he's like, you think, you think you're cool? Come on, you know, come on with me. We're going to go to Astro Place and, um, you know, get, we'll get a pizza right. or something. And, you know, back then you're starving. Anybody says some shit like that, you're like, 100%, I'm there, right? So, I'm there. So, <laughs> so, walk, walk down listen, there. We, 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 we got on the train and we start writing down. And at some point, at some point you say, come on, let's get off right here. And we'll take the, the local, yeah. right? So I get off. Right. We're sitting on the bench and we're talking. And I remember this shit like it was mm. yesterday, bro. You had on a white shirt because you used to work at the Gap. And uh-huh. you were all gapped the fuck up. Yeah. During right. that time. And so, and so, and so, and so, and, and rightfully so. It was the shit to be at the time. So, so uh-huh. here I am with you. And I'm like trying to like completely roll with you and we're chilling. And you say to me, you say, mm-hmm. you know, you can't keep thinking that everybody who's gay is everybody you think is gay, Rich, because there's a lot of gay people you don't know are gay. Like, and I'm, <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, and I'm like, oh, please give me a break. You know, I I, I know gay, please. And, and no, I'm standing there trying to be like, I know gay, don't play me, you know. And you're like, no, you, you don't understand. There, there's, 
there's just a, 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 a whole scene of hip hop homo thugs, they'll call them, that you've yeah. never even seen. And yeah. I'm like, man, get the fuck out of here. And then you're like, you're like, without being <laughs> silly and without being stupid, just raise your head and look across that platform. And I look up and I see these huge brolic four finger, four finger <laughs> wearing, bomber wearing, Yankee cap wearing joints. And I'm like, yeah, what about it? And then bam, they start making out. And I'm like, oh, wow. And you're like, you're like, don't ever make that noise again. And let's go. And I'm like, wow, I just saw that. These guys are real. Like, like people that look exactly like me doing their thing. And he was like, you see, you see, you see. And I'm like, I saw, I saw, I'm good, I'm good. And then we went, <laughs> I mean, so, so, so there was a lot of stuff like that with you, David, Michael, people teaching mm-hmm. me things, teaching me also about etiquette and not to be so rough. You know, there was yeah. a lot of that. And you definitely, you took a lot mm-hmm. in that, you know, there's, put it this way. You guys were, uh. <laughs> <laughs> straight there's a queer eye right. to the straight guy long before the show yeah, oh, crap. Long before, oh, before it even happened between you Michael and Philip, it was like oh was yeah like, all right, all right, we're going to we're gonna figure you out and that's not don't forget oh, no, David no, no, no. excuse David me I apologize was... four of y'all plus David yeah forget about it like I had I was learning about fashion I was learning about etiquette uh-huh. I was learning about sitting up straight uh-huh. All kinds of shit. It was like having four, <laughs> four sisters living with you, and everybody's checking you, you know. And so uh, now you take that and you're around excellence, because I don't want anybody get it confused just because people are from the hood and gay right. and blah blah. No, right? It's pure excellence. So it wasn't even about just hanging out with the blacks, hanging out with the minorities, hanging out with the cool. But it was about like, holy shit, these motherfuckers are smart. Mm-hmm. And they're and they're talented and like, yo, I better be up to this. Because they remember I was older than everybody because yeah, I came no, from a I, that was my second school. No, this, so it, I was a little older than you guys. No doubt. I was like, yo, who is the Diana Ross motherfucker? Like, who is that between him and Jody Wadley, I don't know who this nigga is for real. <laughs> so, ironic today that me and Jody talk on social yeah, media. You know, so, believe like, me, when I see these pictures, I'm like, oh my god, if this lady only knew, she might, she might just take out an protect, order of protection. <laughs> hey man, though, that and, and, and I do want to say that the school and, mm-hmm. and my friendships and the people that I met at the time. Uh-huh. Um, especially with my dad passing away while I was still in school and especially yeah. with my dad dying of AIDS that it was like, right. Oh, I never yeah, knew yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I never yeah, knew that. It was the worst because mm-hmm. I lied to you guys mm-hmm. and told you that he died of cirrhosis because he was an alcoholic. Yeah. Yeah. But right. at, uh, at Mary Chan's party, uh, mm-hmm. it, was, it was like oh, a Christmas wow. party or a New Year's <laughs> party. Where I had I had yeah. an episode where I was very high on on hallucinogens and I started to really uh-huh. like cry because my dad died and I was lying to everybody and then I just broke down and told everybody you know that my father had passed away from AIDS and yeah. you know that's when all, everybody was like oh my god don't worry you know because uh-huh. everybody was dying yeah so that was they were the like Yo, don't talk it. about it my mother was like don't say a fucking word or everybody's gonna think you have it too and I was like fuck oh, it sucks. Right, yeah, because it was it was such a yeah, stigma. Yeah, it was horrible, 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 horrible. So yeah. I had to run with that for a year, mm-hmm. lying about it to you guys, and then that was when mm-hmm. I was at Mary Chan's party, and I don't know what Mary Chan mm-hmm. is right now, but uh, um, hats off to Mary Chan. Throws a good fucking party. Um, and yeah. I, I like to. Really I, nice. I leave them with the idea of hey, now I don't even have that over my head anymore. I can actually breathe. Right. And so then that's when I started right. really developing myself as an artist. When I left school, I started working in the fashion industry mm-hmm. first. That sucked. Uh-huh. The fashion industry. Fuck mm-hmm. the fashion industry. For real, <laughs> fuck the fashion industry. I've never, I've never felt, I've never felt like uh, Irene Cara at the end of Fame, where she just realizes that she didn't get a real <laughs> acting job that she's in a porno. 
Like yeah. that last scene, yeah. the guy's like, and now move, now now remove, yeah. now, now lose the shirt, Coco. honey. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that was the fashion yeah. for me. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I can. Yeah. I, I hope everybody on this podcast is grown because nobody's going to get me on my Ivory Cara uh, 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 reference. No, they will. There's there's a lot of my audience that are, are so, age group, so, so they'll so get for it. Me, it was like I hated it. I felt very like mm-hmm. used artistically. See, that's the whole thing. Like you know, I, yeah. I've never personally in college twice I was approached to have somebody say to me, "Hey, you want to be with me as a on a gay level?" And and it was yeah. Think mm-hmm. about it. I went to college at art school for four years, and only twice would somebody had that mm-hmm. the, the, you know because everybody knew me already. There was no way to imagine right. that, I'm not, that I'm not straight, but new people uh-huh. would come into school and be like, uh-huh. hey, what's up? I'm like, mm-mm, right? And so what right. ends up happening with that is like, you know, I got to get past that. And then do I get past it? No, because at the end of the day, the whole business <laughs> is mm-hmm. going to be like college. I'm going to be dealing with gay guys till the day I die. So I can't be, yeah. so be stone faced and thinking that, hey, I'm going to get this done without them. So then right. delving into the art world, first going into the fashion industry, fashion industry sucks. Uh, I think it just mm-hmm. takes people's ideas and makes millions. And it would be like if you were a singer who wrote a tune and the tune made millions mm-hmm. and all you got was the day that you wrote it. That's it. Yeah. That so it. you, you mm-hmm. and, and you're treated like crap. Yeah. It's not enough. Yeah, I hear the stories oh, all the time from my friends who are in fashion. You know, I, and, yeah. and I don't want to sound... Uh, in any way, no, it's just telling the truth. Just telling the garmentos. truth. That's what I'll mm-hmm. call them for the, for the lack of disrespecting <laughs> anybody's religion or anything because I, I really right. don't want to put it on people's religion. No, there is no religion that teaches people to act this way. So I'm not going to mm-hmm. put it on that. But I'll just say these garmentos and what they can do mm-hmm. to truly manipulate your talent and not give you any type of respect. It's too blatant. It's too blatant. Uh-huh. It's too blatant. It's as blatant uh-huh. as the disrespect to a stripper. Right? Right. And, and mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so for me, it's like I couldn't do it anymore and I got out. You know, and so once mm-hmm. I leave that world, now I get into mm-hmm. uh, uh, set designing, scenic painting for videos and films. And that's where she, that's where she starts turning up, you know? My, fr- my first right, album right. cover was the Wu Tang 36 Chambers. I know you know what I never knew that I I was reading your um on your website I saw oh right. shit so thirty six yep. chambers yeah. that was on so that's the first yeah. time I got credits and I was working for this guy named Danny mm-hmm. Hastings for this company called Cartel mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know I just got into the business and you know mm-hmm. here is my first album cover and I'm just like thinking to myself these dudes are crazy and I love the music and I can see but I never thought it would be to the magnitude of what it turned out to be. And then just right. to be part of that was pretty good. Looking back in hindsight, just an amazing experience. So it starts with that. Mm-hmm. And then you start moving along, moving along. And now people are calling you to work, mm-hmm. not your company, but you. And that's right. when you start really seeing that things are changing. So it'd be like, hey, right. it'd right. be like if you work for Amazon and you were making movies with Amazon and somebody just said, hey, Trance, why don't you work mm-hmm. on this movie? Sure. I'll let the, I'll let the, I'll uh-huh. let the company. No, 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 no. Not the company, just right. And and that was another right, right. weird feeling. Like holy crap, they want me for me by myself. This is right. crazy, you know. Mm-hmm. And then you start delivering. You start right. delivering all these different things and being part of another mm-hmm. company, but still delivering differently, mm-hmm. and getting paid way different, right? Right. And so now you mm-hmm. start, now you also worked for Willie Esco right. too. So is that from correct? Working, from working mm-hmm. in this industry of the rap music and the videos and all that. And same time, uh-huh. Willie, Willie Esco, shout out to Willie Montanez. Hey, and Willie. Uh, mm-hmm. he's my brother, my counterpart, my my yin, my yang. Mm-hmm. So when I when he is working on Esco clothing, I'm already in the system doing these movie videos and films and stuff. So he's we're starting to use the clothes and putting them in these different outlets, and he's starting to get vision. You know, thinking that he can get it into a real label. And Uh then he takes me with him to to go pitch these garmentos Mm -hmm. to see about giving us a shot. And 
Alliance, her peace uh-huh. alliance worldwide, uh, Bruce and Norm. Uh-huh. And, 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 and on another note, man, if you, oh my God, it's, I don't I hate, I uh-huh. hate the fashion industry. Yeah, man, <laughs> you know, it, it, I'm, I'm not going to speak on people, but I just want to really like put it in a little story that if you can, if any, if anybody else okay. can fill out the puzzle of pieces themselves, then fuck it. <laughs> it would be like ahead. if uh, I'm trying to really get here. I'm trying to really get it to a real place where you're like, no fucking way. Well, just tell, just make, just make the story without all any right, names. Right, just right, tell right. the situation. So let's say, let's say you came up with, you know, Harlem's barbecue sauce. Man, okay. All the commercials, the sisters. You know, walking into the barbecue spot, it's all just black people everywhere. It's so it's just so black driven. You know, the company uh-huh. hires black, all the factories got black people. And you're just like, wow, can this really be for real? That this this sauce right. company and and and, 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 and we'll mm-hmm. call it y'all's sauce. All right. Okay. Because this sauce is made for y'all okay. by y'all. All right. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. You know, I walk into y'all sauce like, holy shit, this is y'all sauce. This is fucking crazy. I've never seen there have been around an empire uh-huh. built by black people. Right. And then when I get to the top floor and I go to the offices and I'm like, holy shit, the top of the Empire State Building and black people got offices up in this business this is amazing. And then uh-huh. I get to like meet like you know, the CEOs, CFOs, and UFOs. That's how fucking high uh-huh. up you are, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> and to find out that all of this is owned by white people, I was yeah. like, what? Yeah. But, but what? it's still, but, I mean, sauce? owned by white people? Yep. Yeah. And Asians? <laughs> Asians? Yeah. Y'all sauce? And, and, you know, it was a bit of a, of a mm-hmm. moment. But but I don't take uh-huh. nothing from y'all sauce because at the end of the day we wouldn't even know who y'all sauce is if it wasn't for right. right. Just like I wouldn't know who I am as an artist if it wasn't for two white people. These guys may have not known what their capabilities were, how far they could get if it wasn't for these two white gentlemen and mm-hmm. these Asians, right? Now mm-hmm. that's a tough relationship, believe me. It's it's equivalent mm-hmm. to the chitlin circuit. You know, it's equivalent yes. to making a song and selling it to Elvis and then he blows up. It just seems a right. little bit odd and off. So to me, still, it was a bad taste in my mouth. I'm working with Willie. I'm now the vice president of the company for marketing. Mm-hmm. You know, I wrote and produced mm-hmm. and directed the commercials that were on TV, on BT, MTV. So all of this stuff uh-huh. is happening for me as an individual. I'm still not actually working mm-hmm. for... Willie, I'm actually still just a hired person because of all my connects. Right. He needed to make a commercial. I had plenty of people in production and I could and I knew what I was doing myself, so I would do these things on myself. And he I remember one night we were in a Winnebago driving back from doing a commercial. And I was like, yo, mm-hmm. I can't believe that so and so wrote, produced, and directed his own movie, right? Mm-hmm. He was like, mm-hmm. how could you be so shocked when you just wrote, produced, and directed your own commercials? And I was like, wow, that's true. I can't believe mm-hmm. I just did that shit, you know? And so, that, mm-hmm. you know, what I love about art is that it still allows you, if you look into it and delve into it enough, right, where you're not just an artist, mm-hmm. but a creative, right? Because that's what I say about myself. Right. I'm not just an artist, I'm a creative. Because right. I can be involved in a ton of things, you know? And, uh-huh. then, you know, and being in set designing, scenic painting, then going into the fashion industry and doing, uh, you know, all those commercials and doing all this stuff for Will. And then coming out of that, mm-hmm. where 9-11 wipes us out, right? Mm-hmm. Remember that I had that restaurant in, in Soho with my, with my ex-wife, uh, Charmin's? Was, was no, West I don't remember that. Between Spring and Broom. And it was, yeah, I mean, my ex-wife and me used to have a spot down there mm-hmm. with this with this German okay. dude. And it was good times, and plus that, plus, the, mm-hmm. plus the, the clothing company. So I'm living high on the hog, living in the South Street Seaport, chilling. Come a long mm-hmm. way, baby, right? Yeah. But 9-11 happens, and we lose everything. I lose everything. I mean, it was a wash, everything. 
my marriage uh-huh. breaks up, everything's wrapped. I'm going wow. from like, you know, 200K or whatever to nothing, right? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, I got to reinvent myself. And so that's why I love art because art allows me to just continue to do things while I figure myself out. You know, right, of so, course. And that's that's Nate. Right. And so that's what I love about it is it allows me to continue to uh, uh, see because I watch this. I, how can I put it? If, if you were mm-hmm. to come to because now I live in Florida, right? If you were to come yep. to Florida mm-hmm. where I live and I put you in a room with 20 people mm-hmm. and you say, hey, how do you know Bravo? They're all going to talk about my mm-hmm. artistic ability and the things that I've accomplished with art, right? Not not one of them right. is going to talk about me being a life insurance agent from Mutual of Omaha. Not one person is <laughs> going to. Not one person even know that I do that. And see, that's the part that I want to talk yeah. when I when I come on this show and we talk to people that are being creative. I got a lot of right. people that come up to me like, "How in the world do you find the time to paint so much? When don't you work? I mean, don't you have and don't you have yeah. kids and other stuff?" And I was like, "Wow." Uh-huh. Yeah, you have a family, but but that's what you do. Well, that's when you, when that's you what really we do about as, as creators. That, you know, put it this yeah. way. Put it this way. You if do you're what not you... really about it, then I can't blame right. your children, your wife, friends, and family for not respecting right. you when you say you got to do it. Because when you're when you're right. breaking away right. from your family, and I want to make it hundred percent clear that I hate man cave. The whole idea of uh-huh. a man cave is a most horrible thought in my mind. It really is. It really is. Uh-huh. You, you, you should have. You should have your hobbies. You should have your time for doing something. Something. Okay. Uh, uh, what I would call uh, creative or something. Something positive that you're doing that maybe mm-hmm. you're, you're breaking away from your family to go do. But it shouldn't be like, right. hey, I don't have any talent. I don't do anything. I just got a TV in the garage. Everybody, leave me the fuck alone. Okay. Leave me the I fuck alone. I see what you said. I'm going in my fucking spot. <laughs> Everybody need to fuck alone. That's not reality <laughs> to me. Because, I mean, you know, having a studio, right. having your office, having a place where you do your productive right. stuff is not the same shit as having a man cave where you can right. escape your reality, you know, by, 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 by right. what? Masturbation in football games? Right. No way, bro. No way. <laughs> and not that I would never masturbate in my studio, because I would. But... At the end, of the, and, and that's just because I'm my own muse, you know. <laughs> I have to be my yeah. own muse. <laughs> but, but, yeah, buddy. But let me right. let me go forward. I'm going. We're going to go where we are now, and and, and also I want to tell my listeners go to his website, which is richbravoart.net. But anyway. I don't know what's going on now. What are you, some of your current projects? I know you sent me, you've sent me a, a few pictures. Uh, right. I, that, I've, got, um, I've got a collection you know, that I'm working on that I'm about to do a show. And that's what this uh, website, um, I'm getting in touch with a lot of collectors and people that are, that are buying work okay. at a different level for me. So, and, and, and that's the evolution of being mm-hmm. in something long enough. You know. Okay, and this is going to be in Florida. This is actually going to be happening all across the country, not at the same time, but in, in different. Oh, it's almost okay. like a little, a little tour of work that's going to be moving around uh-huh. and pop pop up in a pop up art type thing. So, oh, okay, the first one is going to be in New York, and uh, dates okay. aren't set yet, you know, but they're coming soon. I'll let you know okay. what that is, and I'll let you know where it is, and you know. Okay, it'll be yeah, on your yeah, website yeah. too, I mean, right? I definitely want you there. So what it all, all right, boils cool. down to is that I'm, okay. uh, I've been doing shows all over the place, but it's been like small things that I've been. Uh-huh. You got to keep yourself by investing in yourself. You got to be able to move around with it, because when you do that, yeah. you open up all these different mm-hmm. networks. So I, let's say two years ago, I did a our art show mm-hmm. in Seattle. So when okay. that's finished and finalized. You know, you, 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 you get what you get out of it for sure, but you don't know what you really got out of it if you really understand what setting the seeds are, you know? And so two uh-huh. years later, I get a phone call from this art collector, Arif, uh, uh-huh. and he has the, uh, the union out in, uh, shout out to the union out in uh, Seattle. And he calls me up and tells me that this collector is looking 
for some artwork and wants to speak to me, I start talking to him. And uh, mm-hmm. it, it just became the most incredible experience doing that's the the piece of the painting of the rizzo that i have on the side oh yeah yeah okay so then that's uh, a private collector but amazing experience with him and through him we're launching this you know hybrid show uh to travel with the piece and then these other pieces that i'm doing which i'll let you know what that those when i'm going to be showing those okay and and, and i'm telling you this okay. this show is going to be really really good it's going to be intimate very small uh-huh. amount of people because uh-huh. of everything that's going on to keep it pro COVID and all. Um, right, and, right, uh, right. I, but it's still going to be something that, that I think is going to be interesting. We're going to be doing this. It's going to be an homage to Biggie and Biggie getting into the uh-huh. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Right. Mm-hmm. And so there are going to be some Biggie pieces that I have there uh, and, and stuff that I'm mm-hmm. working on right now through Coogee sweaters. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's a, in conjunction okay. with them and uh, this this uh, mm-hmm. this new uh, platform called Drop TV, which I, I, okay. I got to get you in touch. Willie Willie's what is in, that? involved in that heavily. What that is is like if you could imagine, all okay. right, real quick, MTV was MTV. You'd have to imagine mm-hmm. how the hell could okay. there be a YouTube if MTV was in control of music, right? Uh-huh. But it still happened, right? Right. All right. Yeah, yeah. So now YouTube is YouTube. This this is gonna come mm-hmm. along and make YouTube look like it was the television, like MTV. And so what okay. it is, is okay. Right now everybody likes to is is into this one stop shopping. You're looking at something. So if you're imagining that me and you mm-hmm. are at your house watching TV, and a video comes on, and you're like, man, Missy mm-hmm. Elliott. I haven't seen her in years. Look at those glasses. I like those glasses. Your remote will allow you to, red, with a red mm-hmm. dot, hit the glasses. The glasses will pop up on the side of your TV while the video is still playing and show you everywhere you can buy the glasses, mm-hmm. what, what colors are available, and you can order right there and then because your all your information mm-hmm. from credit cards and everything is tied into the television. And you can order stuff the second you mm-hmm. see it. It could be a movie. You're watching a movie. You could touch the, you know, the, the lighter that the guy got in his hand, and it'll tell you where that lighter is available. It's fucking technology up the ass. It's crazy, oh, okay. crazy. Oh, okay. So that was great. There, that's where that's where it's going because all of these independent artists, musically, right, are now going to be in charge of their own mm-hmm. merch, in charge of everything. So this type of site will allow them to control their video, control their merch, control everything. Just imagine mm-hmm. you did your podcast, trans podcast, and you mm-hmm. were doing it uh, on a Skype type way where we look at each other and see each other. And you got mm-hmm. on a jacket and somebody says, they can just touch their phone and say, oh, what's this jacket? And then it'll tell them right next to it, it says, right. oh, trans got this jacket at so-and-so store. Yeah, three more available. Okay. You can order it right now, and somebody can touch the jacket and order it, and nice. still keep watching your podcast. So got it's you, really, got you. Really nuts, though. When you see it in oh, play, cool. it's crazy. So, mm-hmm. so they're t- so what really? they're talking about is doing <laughs> this entire art show in that in with that technology. So the right. artwork will be for sale. You can just touch and buy, and same thing with like you know, certain aspects of the alcohol that'll be served there because we're doing it with Ciroc and uh, Diddy's camp. Uh-huh. So I just, okay. it, this is going to be like my big push. It it's sounds great. Me. I, I, it sounds with great. all this stuff going on and nothing being able to happen for anybody. Yeah. You know, I know. And, it's and, tough. And, and, I, and I've been able to it's move tough. work and, and, and make a living in the middle yeah. of this. So I'm, I'm very blessed. But man. that's what we created. We'll do. Super, we keep reading less, man. Before we go, mm-hmm. Rich, I want to. Um, I, I this. I do this with all my um, guests. I have a, po- I have a podcast. I have a playlist on Spotify and conversation with. And I ask my guests after each podcast to do after each episode to give me three songs <laughs> that they are either listening to right now or something from the past or something that has influenced them. And then I add it into each week. I add more songs into the, um, the right, playlist. Right, right. Do you have so three- I got Nina Simone. 
And, and, oh, okay. Uh, what, um, what song? Do you the, know what, uh, what, what the song? That? It's just the atypical one, the one that played at the end of of uh, Puffy's. Yeah, feeling good? So I got that, right? And then, okay. And then, and then I, got, I got Feeling <laughs> right. Good, and then I got... Um, uh-huh. I got Mob Deep's Drop a Gem on him. Do- yep, drop drop a, gem. a Gem on him is is Mob mm-hmm. Deep. And then and then mm-hmm. uh Maxwell uh Woman's Worth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh wow. You know, I was just playing that the other day, but the original, because you know Kate Bush mm-hmm. did the original. Um such a beautiful song. Yeah, yeah. Forget about it, bro. That was a beast. Such that a video, everything song. about him at that moment yeah. he was in a full he was in his full, uh, full, 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 full moment, uh, you know, and he's yeah. still he's, he's still the best. But at that very second, he was at the oh yeah epicenter of his shit for sure. I was very, very yeah. caught up. He's he do stuff when he yeah, wants to I mean, do it. Why can't we have him be like Sting or like Seal oh, or any of these dudes? Can't why we can't we have somebody just do that in that R and B scene where they don't have to? Because music child. So music child should still be making music. All these people should D'Angelo yeah. should still be making music. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and, and I don't see why yeah. we don't carry people like that, you know. But but we'll do it with all the other no. genres. Oh, and uh, um yeah. I also want to say that very important to me is the uh what? the Philadelphia soundtrack. That that's a big one what? for me. Yeah, all from the movie damn thing. The opera that she sings, uh, that he sings, uh, that he plays in the background when he's showing how much pain he's been in, uh, and it's just okay. such an incredible opera uh, for me. And uh, that's the kind okay. of stuff that I listen to. So, yeah. All right, cool. Well, Rich, I want to thank you, <laughs> thank you so much. I learned so much from you today. I mean, we've known each other yeah. since college, but man. Oh, I think this has been a really, really emotional uh, episode for me. And just thank you. Thank you for just being so open and being a visionary and just, just no, being you, man. You. I and I really, really appreciate we it, man. Each other, you know, this is not a time to uh, be the crabs in a bucket. You know, this is the time to elevate each other, you know, help each other, find each other. Because, like, yo, you know, there's a lot of people that this is their moment to really figure themselves out. You know, yeah. reinventing yeah. yourself is something that's amazing. Everybody's self-inventory. Remember that. Everybody wake up every morning in mm-hmm. self-inventory. There's no way that somebody, somebody can walk up to the little man at the bodega and say, how much for the store? He'd be like, oh, you know, say, I don't even know. You know, the store, I don't even know. But if he did an inventory, he'd know the value of the store and how much the stock he has in it. So at the end of the day, if you do self-inventory, right. you will always know your value and nobody can tell you what you're worth. God bless you, Trance. You're strong, 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 Thank strong, you. strong, powerful movement, the trans movement, everybody. You know, I, I, this guy's dedicated to this movement, you know, because he's been doing this since yeah. I met him. Even when the naysayers were like, hey, yeah. all right. No, he just kept going. He didn't care. <laughs> and, and, and he does it. And I think that that's the dividing rod for me, him, and other people from that era yeah. is that even through the bullshit, you know, we can cut through the bullshit <laughs> and get to the fruit. God bless you, baby. Thank you, Rich. I'm Trans Smith. Until the next conversation.